This is Hacker Public Radio, episode 3611 for Monday, the 6th of June, 2022. Today's show is entitled HPR Community News for May 2022. It is part of the series HPR Community News. It is the 190th show of HPR volunteers and is about 56 minutes long. It carries an explicit flag. The summary is, HPR volunteers talk about shows released and comments posted in May 2022. Hi everybody, my name is Ken Fallon and you're listening to another episode of Hacker Public Radio. This is HPR Community News for May 2022. And joining me today is... Hello, Dave Morris here. So, Hacker Public Radio's community podcast that relies on shows being submitted by members of the HPR community, aka you, or anybody else you know who has something interesting to talk about that you think might be of interest to hackers. And the HPR community news, the HPR janitors, Dave and myself, come out of our out of our closet, our HPR janitors closet, and we'll give you a rundown of what's been going on uh, since you were here last last month. And as part of that, we'll be going through all the shows and we'll be going through all the comments. And that's pretty much that. And passing over to you, Dave, to introduce new hosts that have joined this month. Yes, we have one new host this month who who has the wonderful handle of Lurking Prion. I think that's the way he pronounces it. But uh, yeah, I call it a Prion anyway. And he has already several shows in the uh, in the future feed and they are all excellent so much so that I've already used them on two occasions in uh, in anger against other people so <laughs> well lurking prion says that <laughs> <laughs> yes yes they, they are brilliant yeah I'm really enjoying them so uh, the first show that we're going to review is uh, 3586 from Monday the 2nd of May 2022, and that was the HPR Community News Show, which is this show. And just as a reminder, you can, if you wish to join, you can always do so. We tend to record it on the first Saturday, the Saturday before the first Monday of the month. That's a bit complicated. And we tend to do it around uh, in the afternoon, Saturday afternoon, so that we have time to process it for Sunday. Anybody can join, but it's probably best if you've listened to most, of, most if not all, of the shows so that you can give some positive feedback on that. And there's an email that goes out the Monday before the Saturday we do stuff from me saying, <laughs> the show's coming and here's the stuff and you can look at the notes and all that good stuff. So there you go. And in last month's show, we were saying that it was quiet on the lists and... Uh, Brian in Ohio said, Jinx, you spoke too soon about the mail list being quiet. So, smiley face. <laughs> well, winky face, to be honest. Um, yes, it was kind of busy on the... That's that's the thing with the HBR mailing list. If you go to the About page, you'll see that under Governance section that we more or less uh, make a lot of decisions with the community. Um, we'll be talking more about that on Wednesday because we're actually short of shows. So Dave and I have decided to move some of the more topical feedback to the the show that's going to be not tomorrow, but the day after tomorrow. So uh, we'll be focusing on some policy changes 
and some changes to the way we handle the queue in that show. Just a bit of a teaser. Mm-hmm. So the following day, we had, I talk about my home router, the UM, UDM from Ubiquity. And from listening on the internet webs, I think this router is kind of equivalent to what, equivalent in the US to what the Fritz box is here to Europe. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how to compare them because I don't know either of them. But this is yeah. the uh, Unified Dream Machine, which is what UDM stands for, from Ubiquity. Which I know the Ubiquity routers are well thought of, though they're not uh, easy to to set up by all accounts. And uh, as ever, operator, well, includes a link to the IP tables that he's using. Which is awesome. Absolutely. Yes. On this website under a directory called stuff. <laughs> yep. That's it. That is the That's the place system. to put it. Absolutely. Yeah. That's yeah. my filing system. I've got system, one of those. Yes. I've got a house called that, I think. I've got a five megabyte uh, text file called to do that text. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yep. Yes. Yeah. Says, says something about something. I'm not sure what though. So uh, the following day we had the Linux in-laws. And the text-to-speech lady is, uh, oh, I thought of a brilliant name for her, Henrietta. Henrietta, that's what we're going to call her from now on, <laughs> I reckon. Anyone got a better uh, better, better suggestions for a name? But I was thinking Henrietta. Henrietta Patricia Riley. There's, a, there's one <laughs> going back to the days of... Uh, yes, kind of butchers that, calls it, tries to spell it as a word. The, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, weird. It's man. weird. Says, You'd have thought it would default to uh, reading out the letters and numbers and stuff, wouldn't you? But there you go. Yeah, and that's uh, that's going to add another few bytes to my to do that text file. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah. Yes, that's a that's a whole uh, <laughs> whole nightmare <laughs> to yeah. consider. Anyway, in this one, the lads were talking about booting, and I I found it quite an interesting show actually. Uh, as is mentioned later, Dan uh, did a show on this, but it was nice to get the update on how things have changed since yeah. uh, Dan Moshko did that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's, Particularly it's a, System D and stuff. It's an interesting subject. It's, uh, yeah, we could have, we could definitely do with more information about this at some point if anybody cared to mm-hmm. provide it. And CyberGuru said, the Unix philosophy, your understanding of the Unix philosophy is missing what many considers is an important caveat. As summarized by Solos, Unix is a collection of programs that each do one thing only and do it well. System D is a grab bag of lots of functionality and it does not do any of them particularly well. Hence why people say that System D is not the Unix philosophy. I agree that the old style in its system had a lot of issues and needs needed to be replaced. Uh, sick. However, I do not agree that system D is the solution. Actually, that should be anti-sick because I'm reading. I fixed it in my head. It said replaces. Um, <laughs> I digress. I digress. I would have preferred. A properly designed layered modular init system instead of the all-in-one solution of system D. That is a bare metal 
server used to run containers would have the same root level modules, but different application specific modules as a GUI based tablet. System D was designed for a GUI based system and is overkill slash inappropriate for backend servers running Docker. Anyways, another good show and stop selling yourself short. I think you are up to a double digit number of listeners by now. <laughs> End of comment. And the lads <laughs> responded to that in one of their shows. So, cool. So the next comment was from Clinton Roy, who we haven't heard from for, for a while, I believe. Debian System D, he says, I'm writing this comment hot, so you may well cover this in the rest of the show. I think the major drama with Debian and System D is the merged user slash user stuff, which, depending on who you ask, is either an existential crisis. <laughs> yeah, I've done it, done the same thing, or a mild wrinkle in package management. Debian has not switched over to System D resolved yet either. Yeah, that doesn't. Anyway, I, I had to double take that one. System D resolved either. Oh, System D resolved D. Oh, okay, okay. Mm-hmm. I don't even know what resolve D is. Obviously, not looking Something forward that to that. My system, yeah. Okay. All oh, right, right. Yeah, I, I tend not to to follow these things as yeah. much as I used to when I was working. I I don't follow them, Dave, until they uh, throw something in my way that I need to follow them. <laughs> they bite just your work, ankle. But it yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um. Yeah. Good to see Clinton back, live and well, and. Uh, Yes, existential crisis or a mild wrinkle that basically describes my reaction to everything, and it, it can it varies depending on how much sleep I've got. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> anyway, Brian in Ohio, out of your depth, it's sad that you call your sh- your show as a callback to the Linux in-laws. Fabian Scherchel seemed to do a lot of research on the topics he discussed, and was furnier. And you don't know what Grubs stands for shows your lack of preparation. You could have listened to Dan Washko's great series on bootloaders done on HBR and be and be better off. Uh, okay. Yes. Nice positive feedback there. <laughs> okay. Yes, yes. He was referring to Linux outlaws, wasn't he, rather than... <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, but anyway, yeah, yeah, because uh, that's how I read it in my my mind there. But okay, fine. Yeah. Okay. Love the next series by Archer seventy two, the triple distilled malt whiskey of HBR. It's Archer seventy two, who who, <laughs> no doubt, will turn out to be a teetotaler. <laughs> now that I keep going on about that. Okay. Um, this was a it's. Possibly going to be a series uh, started by um, that other Scottish bloke. What's his name? McNallu. Yes. <laughs> There's indeed. only two of them. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very small country, you know. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I don't know what that makes Mr. X, though. Uh, anyway, um, headsets. Yeah, about different uh, microphones that you have around the house and how good they are or otherwise yeah, that's interesting, yeah. actually. It never occurred to me to record a show using a pair of uh, headphones, Bluetooth earbud things like this. Yeah. I don't It depends on whether you your phone is capable of recording off them, is, does it? Yeah, I don't know. I, don't, I, don't, I tried it, but it doesn't seem to 
work. I can't get it to, to record anything into any any app that I'm running. But um, I think it's yeah. a great great series. If people have a can do that, various different recordings uh, from your various different things around your house, it will give us a lot of interesting feedback as to what works on HBR and what doesn't. Mm, yeah. You then you have exact like scientific examples of well you know from recording to publishing this is what it is and yeah these expensive microphones might sound better to you but by the time it comes out on hbr it's uh it's you know pointless spending that amount of money but anyway. yeah yeah it, it's certainly i certainly found it really interesting i, I could learn learn a lot from it i'm uh, sure uh, but most of um his samples i felt were fine the 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 taj was probably baiting his head against the wall listening to it but um i was able to completely understand all the readings of the bsd bible there so Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yep yep so next one the directory command more on dos it's time for the dir command and this is part of a hookah's never too old series on dos which is gaining a lot of interest from people so well, nobody particularly commented on this one but uh, it is the series itself has been getting a lot of positive feedback yeah 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 no it's it's really good i do remember the that command on dos i, I try i'm sure i've yeah. said this too many times that i tried to avoid dos um as much as i could but uh yeah dir had got some quite uh, quite fun capabilities so the following day we had a review of flashlights by JWP and I was outside when I was listening to this and unable to write down what lights he had gotten because I had did actually want to refer back to them and put links in. That's what I'd like to do. So note to self to do that again. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, my uh, notes to myself was <laughs> I couldn't work out what he was saying, <laughs> probably because I was doing something else at the time. You know how it is. And, uh, yeah, it would have been nice to have had a, a list to go and poke around with them on Amazon or whatever and see if they're, they're things that yeah, you would want exactly. to own yourself, you know? Oh, I am. Uh, my father and, uh, indeed, I both love flashlights for some strange reason. I can, you know, you could just guaranteed birthday present for the man was get him a flashlight and or batteries for said flashlight <laughs> would, uh, would be uh, and they just seem to always disappear flashlights I don't I don't understand it <laughs> I've got a one of those night core ones just the little one you put on a keychain where I just keep yeah. it in my pocket that uh, Big Clive talked about and uh, it's oh, the clicky ex- one there. yeah you press the button twice in rapid succession you get an incredibly bright light especially at night it dazzles, oh, no, stop, stop, stop 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 sure sure <laughs> okay moving on moving on <laughs> okay I'll be taking We're a picture in a shows here Dave <laughs> <laughs> okay anywho the next day, we had a show from Nightwise, who's come back after COVID, with a quick overview of three months with the Surface Pro X. And this is from Wikipedia, a, detach- a two-in-one detachable tablet computer developed from Microsoft. And Robert says, fine show until. Is it your turn or my turn to do the... I think it's mine, actually. Yeah, go for it. Yep. So Robert says, fine show until dot, dot, dot. I was 
I was enjoying the show until the rant about the year of the Linux desktop. Do you think chasing the major platforms will magically bring the year of the Linux desktop? Because it won't. What it does is it provides ammunition for employers to insist employees can use Microsoft or Apple. What is the problem here with non-mainstream distros that gets you so annoyed? So what if they don't run the major platforms? They're not forcing you to run them. Why do you not want them to exist so much? Monoculture is bad in nature and it's bad in tech. Feel free to run what you want, but stop lecturing everyone else about their choices. What was that? That was the year of the Linux desktop. I listened to these all three in the one go, so uh, he did go on about that. Okay, next. Uh, home office, mouse, shoulder, and also hotkey scripts. This can only be by operator based on the on the text. I talk about my issues and solutions for desktop ergonomics. So this is actually uh, quite good. Yeah, as we got this was links to the bits and pieces as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, some good links there. Uh, I was yeah the the whole business about sitting at a desk and getting sore shoulder because of um, rotator cuff problems and those the other, those other things that people get from sitting hunched up at keyboards and I certainly do uh, is all is all stuff that we should be aware of and guarding against and whatever yeah so yeah yeah it's it's a it's an important topic and uh, it just so happened my daughter who's moved away to Dundee now has bought herself a what she thought was an ergonomic chair for her her desk she tends mm-hmm. to work from from home most of the time goes into the office occasionally and uh, it's it's not ergonomic chair at all. She finds she she's bought, bought a pile of junk, really. Um, so you know, it's it's a hot topic in this family. <laughs> getting a getting a chair that supports you well, gets yeah, you in the right yeah. position, gets your arms at the right level for your keyboard, and doesn't mess up your shoulder or whatever is 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 really a key issue. Yeah, and there, yeah. So actually, good tips there, and there's a few bits and pieces in there that I was thinking of. Uh, adding to my own setup, which I have in my to do text file to do a show on, but it ain't actually finished yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, so therefore, I can't do a show on it. That's my excuse, and I'm sticking with it. Yeah, I, it's it's good though. Yeah, I, I haven't followed the these links up, but I will do because there's some there's things like a good mouse and that sort of stuff is all, all really important. A peely wally. What the hell is a peely wally, Dave? There's a there's a glossary, not indexed. It's a Scottish word meaning pale or wan or there is a glossary of yes. colour. Of course, of course. What do you mean? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so it's yeah, it's 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 about <coughs> Scottish language and stuff. <coughs> it's, yeah. Well, sorry for coughing, guys. Uh, the, no doubt I won't edit that out, but. My apologies to everybody whose ears got blasted. So yeah, it's um, it's 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 a word that I Very always good. get wrong, and uh, I get laughed at for being an Englishman trying to speak Scots. And but it's a it's a good and valuable word. Indeed, indeed, indeed. But there are four comments, Dave. Shall I read the first? Brian in Ohio. Great show. Glad to hear you guys are still game. Trying to picture which one of you is Jack and which one is Victor. Love the banter. Keep it up. 
Jack and Victor? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I had to ask for a translation. I have no idea. But, uh, yeah, it's it's a TV show of some kind. Okay. Okay. Abiza says Pascal. You just well, should I do that one because you're going to reply oh, okay, to Okay, because I've got two, two to come. Yeah, yeah. okay, go. Cool. Biza said Pascal. Your discussion, Broland Pascal, which was marketed as Delphi, ha, you may be interested to know that it lives on, well, sort of, in the Lazarus IDE, which is backward compatible with Delphi code. It's still under very active development. Take a look at their website. I believe the default language on Vax hardware, in as much as there was one, was Fortran rather than Pascal. I rather enjoyed my years using the Vex cluster. You were rock solid. They were rock solid, r- reliable in my experience. And I'll never forget the bootcases full of the huge orange folders containing the printed manuals. So I didn't put my full name, but anyway, I, I made the next comment, which was to Brian. Thanks, Brian. Glad you enjoyed the show. We both have fun doing these and are delighted that there's an audience that gets pleasure from them as well. And to Beza regarding Pascal, I've tinkered with Lazarus a long time ago and actually wrote a simple program to query a Postgres database. I keep meaning to get deeper into it, but haven't yet. I'm surprised to hear that Vax Fortran was the recommended language. We took delivery of a two-node cluster, both 8700s, I think, in 1987. This came with a fair bit of training in Reading and West Gorton in Manchester, two two, uh, places where digital equipment uh, had uh, offices and stuff. And we had some consultants available to us to get us started doing the stuff we needed to do. The cluster came with Vax VMS version 4 dot something, I think. Not 100% certain of that. One of the consultants recommended DEC Pascal for our system level projects and wrote us some example code to get us up and running. That's where I got the impression that Pascal was the most complete language at the time, other than the low level stuff like Bliss, which was their sort of assemblery thing or C-level thing, which we hadn't bought. Um, we did use Fortran too, and I drew the short story and ended up teaching it to various students. We ran service courses in the early days. Just as an aside, one of the then digital consultants lived a few doors away from me. I tried to get him to record a chat with me about the deck times, but I haven't convinced him yet. Ah, the manuals. I remember someone telling me, Dave, your manuals have arrived, and I went to the loading bay to find an entire pallet of them waiting there. They were really good, though. Wow. How big was this pallet? Well, uh, it was maybe about, well, it's a normal-sized footprint pallet, but it was about three foot high, maybe something like that, uh, of, of manuals all shrink-wrapped and, uh, you know, together, so they were all bound together. But yeah, you yeah, got a lot of manuals. Yeah. You needed a you needed a library to, you know, a place with lots and lots of bookshelves. To, to exactly, yeah. Them were the days, Dave. Indeed, indeed. They were good manuals, so really good. Yeah. I used to take the manuals for when I started work. I used to take the manuals home. I lived across the road anyway, in the, from a factory that I was working in, and just read them. <laughs> in the yeah. middle of nowhere, in those pre-internet times, there was no library. This is the mm-hmm. only mm-hmm. stuff that you had to read. Yep, I certainly did the same. And uh, the orange manuals were, were constructed so that they had ring binders, something like three or four rings 
to to hold the st- the pages in, and they were a, a weird size. But you could open the, the the folder, and then it had a fold running horizontally, which you flex back, and then the thing would stand up mm-hmm. on your desk. Do you remember that? Did you see those? No, no. That, that, that was the early days. They stopped doing them uh, a few years after we got this system in 87. Oh, so okay. uh, it didn't last into the 90s, I don't think, anyway. But, but I thought that was a brilliant idea. Why isn't everybody doing that? Expense. <laughs> Profit, shareholders, yes. Yeah. Bugger the... <laughs> yeah, it use. really annoyed me when they started shipping CDs instead of real manuals. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, moving on. First show from Lurking Brown. Uh, and he explains where that name comes from. Awesome. Uh, not awesome if you become a pride in your head. Anyway, I'm sure. Digressing. Focus, focus. Uh, I am sure I changed my password last. Pilot episode, change your password. Good advice. Leave feedback. Be gentle. And he puts it yeah. or not. But yeah, we should be a little bit <laughs> more gentle, people. Thank you. Yes. No comments anyway. as yes, but a good show. Good good show. I like this. And I don't disagree with him, which is high praise indeed from, <laughs> from me. Yes, yes. Speaking of somebody else who I would literally love to go up and kiss on both cheeks is Be Easy. Extractable text tables and images from a docx file using Python. Verily, <laughs> I say to thee, this is copied and pasted and kept in my to-do.txt file for that day when it is needed. Amen. Yeah. Oh, it's excellent stuff. Excellent. It. Um, I know that uh, Be Easy does a lot of this stuff. Um, we chatted about it when we were doing Orc and, and things, and... Um, yeah, it, 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 it's um, it's remarkably straightforward, actually, when you look at it. It's quite nice. <laughs> it's like, I could read it out now, and it just makes sense. It exactly sounds like, you know, English. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's, it's excellent. My uh, my son's into this as well. Um, in his job, he, he it was discovered by the business people in the place he works that he could take an Excel spreadsheet and turn it into some some other format, which they had great difficulty in doing. And mm-hmm. uh, so they started queuing up to give him these things to convert till his boss said, uh, I don't think that's what you're here for. So, uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so yeah, I, I, it's, um, I don't know whether the, the business guys are going to learn Python as a consequence of what's going to happen. But interesting, though, interesting. Yeah, very much so. Oh, that's that's uh, when you start getting a lot of them in work. Then you put a little internal server in, and you'll have a job that submits it, and then they can retrieve it. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's what I did. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. That would be fun. That would be fun. Mm-hmm. But uh, anyway, yeah, it it just shows what you can do. Anyway, fantastic. Lurking prion, uh, good idea. Fairy hunting. Tracing my security woes to the source of the good idea, fairy hunt, fairy hunting. Now, to know what fairy hunting was uh, means something completely different in my head, uh, which is fine too, particularly this month. Uh, but no, it was uh, a good idea. Apparently, fairy hunting is where you go 
tracing down the person who is whatever. I'm gonna I'm gonna actually look this up. Yep, safe searches on. What is fairy hunting? In the novella Fairy in 1869, the child protagonist Captain Jack discovers the nest of three fairies in a tree. Ah, this is what you call it. I'm on a rabbit hole here, Dave. Help me. <laughs> I'm sure I can. Peter Pan, is that it? Fairy hunting? Does it come from there? Okay, he's going to have to do a show explaining what the hell fairy hunting is. <laughs> in the episode. I would I would guess. I would guess so, but I don't know. Trump yeah, case silence has, has just taken a half an hour out of there while Dave and I were looking at fairy hunting. <laughs> anyway, so show definitely required on what the hell fairy hunting is. Um and all forms, fine. No problem, we can handle it. Uh, but in this case, he was trying to track down the people who came up with ideas and then get security in at the beginning of a project rather than later and worked out quite well. Brilliant advice for everybody. Kevin O'Brien says, great, my turn or yours? Uh, it's yours. I, okay. I did my, my own one, didn't I, or something. Yeah. Kevin O'Brien, great show. I love the show and I'm going to, I'm looking forward to more. I was an IT project manager and at one time I was working at a hospital where the IT department implicitly viewed its role as we are here to stop you from making mistakes. Naturally, the rest of the hospital viewed them as the enemy. And as a result, I noticed the individual departments took to setting up their own servers outside of the IT department. So in effect, the IT department was so focused on security that they achieved insecurity. Wow. Brilliant. Oh, yes. I can imagine that. Yeah, yeah. Large organizations would tend to do that. So Lurking Brian says, in response, thank you. Thanks for the comments. It makes me sad every time I hear about IT departments and or security teams doing things like that. We're supposed to be facilitators and enablers for the people who make the money for the company. Thank you for listening, and I think you will like future shows I have planned. Super. So Slackware 15, a 32-bit operating system from day one. The pros of using Slackware 32-bit operating systems from Zenfloater 2, uh, who has... don't know actually if he has come down from the tree to record this. I'm now imagining a tree house somewhere with fibre internet and all sorts of power going up to it. <laughs> very, very good show on Slackware. Really enjoyable yeah. to hear. Yeah, yeah, I learned a lot from, from that. It was an excellent, really, really high-quality show. And indeed, you mentioned the word Slackware, and it brings the commenters out in droves. Bitten says, my turn or your turn? It's, it's yours now, yeah. Oh, yeah, I have the memory of a goldfish. Goldfish is a gun. No, you don't. Ours are far better. Audacious Winamp Skins. Hey, you know you can change to Winamp-like skins in Audacious to make it look more like XMMS in the Audacious settings? Linux Daddy says, 32-bit Linux, great radio cast on Slackware and its history. I got my first Slackware with a book and two CD-ROM discs at version 3.2 with kernel 2.0.29. The anti-X Linux distribution has a current 32-bit version as well. 
And Brian in Ohio says, "Great show, another great show. How about a uh, how about a podcast? And how and what do you listen to on internet radio streams? Keep up the good work!" Exclamation mark. Cool. Windigo says, "Intrigued about Slackware. I've never used Slackware, but I've often heard about it. I have a 32-bit Dell Mini Nine. Maybe doing some distro hopping uh-huh. soon." Also, you mentioned that you had proprietary wireless cards that required a Windows driver with a software that adapted it to be usable in Linux. Could you be thinking of Endis Wrapper? It gives a link. I remember using it back in the day, but it looks like it only supports drivers up to Windows XP. Either way, thanks for the interesting episode. Cool. Well, the very next day, in real terms, not in show posting terms, Linux in-laws did also a Slackware from a user's perspective, a discussion with a long-time Slackware user about the oldest Linux distro still alive. And there's one comment, and it's from Brian in Ohio, who says, what? Lots of exclamation question marks after it. This guy doesn't use Slackware. How can he have a user perspective? I should interview Tlatu or Zenfloater to get a user's perspective on Slackware. Listen to the previous HPR by the aforementioned Zenfloater on the Alive and Well Slackware 15. One last thing. Dependency management is available if you use Slack builds to add third-party software. You must add the dependencies yourself. Listen to GNU World Order for a better explanation. These guys need to listen to HPR not just use it as a no-cost place to host, host their mediocre content. Now, Brian, go sit in the corner. Come on. Think about what you've done. It's not nice. It is funny, though, that they scheduled the show right after Zen Floater. Like, <laughs> yes. Excellent one. I was like, what? Did, did we not just have a show yesterday saying yes. that this was possible? And I'm also... I also have eight hours of Tlatu show where he's going through every package and Slackware. And uh, I thought, no, I don't think this is actually correct. What I'm saying. But that's fine. We're all, we're all allowed to have one bad day, I guess. <laughs> Someone who never has a bad day, Dave. Digitizing photos. How to digitize old print slides and negatives. Yes. Kevin O'Brien puts away his camper and... Gives us some very, very useful. This is very practical stuff because I have this ahead of me for the family photos. And I'm not looking forward to it, Dave, I have to tell you. No, I, I uh, have a similar issue. I I um, did have a flatbed scanner years and years ago, but it got borrowed and then seemed to vanish, you know, as they do. It's some sort of yeah. os- osmotic process. But anyway, um, so I bought, uh, I got a lot of slides and I bought a slide scanner, which will also do, do negatives, but it, it's not very good. I think the flatbed scanner was much yeah, better. So this, it's so damned expensive now. <gasps> this, this, this was like 60, 70 pounds when I bought it. Now they want 200 quid for anything worth having. Yeah, I had a, I got a, I bought a scanner and it was like trying to find one archival uh, level. So I got one and it's over in my parents' house, my mother's house now. And, uh, uh, 
the only thing I don't, uh, and I have one here as well, part of a multifunctional printer system thing. I think I did a show on this where I've got a um, read switch on it. So when you shut the lid, it automatically sends a, a um, kicks off a batch file to scan default settings and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So mm-hmm. I need to do idea. that over there and also have the time to do it. Yeah, I've got a, got a printer with the scanner in it, which is actually quite reasonable, actually, when you... Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, so I should maybe look at doing something with that at some point. This... Okay, next show. The worst, Your worst car you ever had. In the 80s, out of ignorance, you bought a real dud of a car. Oh, I, I really am liking this series. I, I'm actually thinking of doing my own one as well. It's a great topic, isn't it? Yeah, yeah it is. Yeah, yeah, it is. And now, especially I, that I don't have a car. I, My wife has a car, I don't. But uh, my wife has a rental for work. So, was there any comments on that? There were none. No, 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 yes. no. It's... It's uh, yeah. Anyway, it's it's. Um, I'm glad I got it off my chest. That's the main thing. Exactly. Um, hacker stories from April 2022. Origin stories and trouble in school from operator. Wow. Windigo said, "The best kind of correct. Your story about erasing and restoring partition table information was the perfect cherry on top of this episode." And an excellent, excellent example of being, air quotes, technically correct. Thanks for this episode. Uh, these are always quite entertaining. This one, if anyone's interested in getting into uh, security, is a required listening, folks. Required listening. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I wouldn't disagree with that. <laughs> wow. It was like... Uh, when I was putting out the the daily uh, the the daily updates on Mastodon, it was like, uh, yeah, it, this read like an eighties hacker movie, but it wasn't. It was an eighties somebody's life in the eighties. Definitely <laughs> a good show. Yeah, definitely. And lurking Brian again with who the heck is Evil Steve? Part one, security as a person problem. And who's actually attacking us? Meet Evil Steve. I like this uh, this idea of you know imagining somebody behind us. It's a good way of focusing the mind on the actual problems. Yep, yeah. A lot of which is is a people problem. I'd probably yep. even put it put it that way at some point, um, as opposed to a, a sort of technical thing. It's yeah. people people being silly or something. Yeah, cool. Very good. So the next one was everything you wanted to know about PEX, which is pipe. And I've listened to all these episodes. They're from start to finish. They're brilliant. Just we're taking this project and we're doing it. And, you know, he asked the question, is this of interest to hackers? And after rebuilding, remodeling our house, I have come to the conclusion uh, that a house is uh, particularly a modern house is a machine um, and it's a very big machine but you have to view it like a machine when we uh, for our holidays when we were younger we stayed in a medieval village type thing you know where uh, and we were living in houses modern houses there but that's that's by the by but the downstairs they would tell you of 
what the living conditions were and you know they were just essentially shelter but modern houses with their central heating with their electrical systems network systems uh, uh, solar panels outside chargers they're essentially machines that if you don't maintain them they will yeah fall apart so anyway long story short waffling over we need to um essentially have more shows about houses and maintenance yes it is of interest yeah. Yeah. thank you absolutely absolutely it's uh, i'm very glad that he uh, he came on board to uh, to do these yep it's really really good and uh, it's my turn to do the comments. Yep. So we've yep. got one from Lurking Prion who said, made my heart happy. I started out as an MM, not sure what that means, in the no Navy. Idea. Tried to look it up. And <laughs> that was sweets. <laughs> and this episode was right up my alley. Many days playing with industrial and residential plumbing, in quotes, and more than my fair share of playing with a torch. No, it isn't really on fire yet. <laughs> Pex is awesome. It makes life a lot better, and extra manifolds are a necessity if you plan on doing any substantial upgrades. Brackets bathroom in the future. Thank you, and I look forward to hearing more. Yeah. So yeah, very Agreed. good. Very good. I um I watch YouTube thingies. Um, I know one where yeah, <laughs> too much probably. One where a guy is getting his house remodeled in uh, the States, Minnesota area, I think. And he's getting um, a heating Sensor system. Uh, no, actually, no. Okay. Um, this is, uh, I've forgotten the guy's name now. I've forgotten what his channel's called. But uh, he's, um, he's he's getting, as he he and his builder guy are working on stuff, uh, they're, they're, they've got a guy fitting um, hot water uh heating system under the floor above their heads and he's using pecs which fits into sort of slotted doodads that goes zigzagging up and down through the through the joists and on and on to um to to warm the the room above and the the stuff he's using is beautiful it's really i mean the actual look of how how it is as a material and how flexible it is how strong it is and uh, actually looks quite nice too because it's sort of red colour stuff. Um, so yeah, it's 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 fascinating. I've never I've never paid much attention to it in this country. I'm sure you can buy it, but uh, not uh, not gone out looking for it to be honest. So yeah, it's things to learn here. Indeed, they've used quite a bit of plex in the remodeling here in the back room. So hmm, okay. Yeah. Good. Yeah, it's the uh, it's the, so the, the stuff to use. I've got yeah. uh, still got quite a lot of copper in my house. When I had my new boiler put in, they ran copper up to up to it for some things and some plastic pipe as well. I don't know whether that was PEX, but uh, yeah, but copper erodes over over time, and which I didn't fully appreciate. Anyway, interesting stuff. Yeah. So next day we had. And aspiring, see what he did there? Boom, boom. Use of a 13-year-old hardware using, you guessed it, Slackware on an old netbook. This is uh, Archer72 with a short and sweet episode, beautifully documented, on upgrading his netbook. Yes. Very Very jealous of that battery. Uh, Those Aspire ones were the uh 
are the definitely the best uh, the best form factor for commuting. Mm, yeah, yeah, they look they look good, don't they? Yeah, they they look more substantial than things like the Asus Triple EPC and stuff like that, which is mm-hmm. quite tiny, tiny in in comparison. So it's still still a usable thing, but uh, yeah. Trey says, great show. Thanks for sharing your experience. I have a similarly aged ThinkPad hardware, which I use. Very good. So the next day, Ken proves mathematically that programming is not easier using maths. And I rushed this show out and because we were short of shows. More about that on Wednesday. Uh, And I forgot to... I missed an entire paragraph of my comments. Did you add them back in again? Or no, no, I, I didn't. I Basically, this you... was the text w- which I read. And then oh, uh, the okay, ability okay. to... The, you can't do both what, of those things. Yeah. So the ability to think logically, which is what math is, is a comment that I had a problem with. And this assumes that math is the only field where the ability to think logically exists. Math is a subset of logical thinking and not the other way around. I can think of hundreds of occupations that require logical thinking that do not require maths. It would be difficult to argue with uh, this point, as it could be argued, as most people are exposed to counting no matter the level of literacy they have to have access to. So let us refer to studies which with crows that shows that they can think logically despite any math knowledge. Again, proving my point. So um, I think it's my turn to do the comments. Kevin O'Brien says, not like me. At the end of each show, a lady with a lovely voice says that the episode was made by, quotes, a listener like you. Today's episode definitively disproves that because it was clearly made by someone not at all like me. Excellent. And I <laughs> clarified whether Kevin was serious or not when he wrote that, and he was not serious. He, uh, <laughs> uh, he's serious about it. Uh, he's fine. Uh, so you, you missed the time, and, though, don't you? In, in, yeah, in, you do. You missed in the in time. A, God, it's gone. <laughs> Jeez, what have I done to piss him off? Does he love Matt so much? Um, however, uh, this show definitely was not me trying to poke all the mathematicians out there to do counter shows and to prove me wrong. Not at all. No, no. How could anybody think that? Despite me saying it several times in the in the show. Anyway, and yes, why we're having a show on Wednesday, Dave, is the following show: the best eggs in the world, which is an emergency show, and it's from Pokey, and it's been in the queue since 2011. And it's about the best eggs in the world, and the show is absolutely fine. And I was. Uh, my mouth watering at it. Although I was thinking, God, that's a lot of work for breakfast. But <laughs> other than that, I I don't mind it being a lot of work so long as it's Pokey that's doing the work. So there you go. Yeah, it was interesting, wasn't it? I'd, I'd seen this sat there waiting for yeah. uh, an emergency for many, many years, as you say. And uh was fascinated to actually hear it. I, I mean, could have listened to it otherwise, but it seemed like cheating, so I didn't. Yeah. So uh, yeah, it was. It's uh, sounds sounds really nice. And don't know what I'm having for my tea tonight, actually. Um, but uh, <laughs> the the only the only thing I shouldn't even comment really. But garlic powder is a thing I've never ever used. Yeah. I, yeah. Never I, heard I, of it. Um, no, no, I've never 
never needed to because but I'm, I'm sure there's a really good reason i'd love to know the 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 logic the, the cooking expertise mind using such a thing i tend to avoid oh. stuff that's that's uh, that's pre-made um of that sort anyway but uh, that's just no, just my, my prejudice garlic cloves it's so easy anyway they keep mm-hmm. and you just mm-hmm. clench it have them with the we have to the, keep them with the onions and then squeeze them through the thing and you get fresh garlic yeah. as much yeah. or as little as you want yes but, um, um anyway so that was interesting it. very interesting uh wasn't it yeah that was it uh, right. we had uh, you did the last one with miss comments uh do we cover that yeah we did monoculture is bad etc we just did that one, yeah, yeah. I, I just put it there in case we, we miss it for okay. some reason. or that. I don't know why we would, but <laughs> just belt and braces. So we've got uh, five comments uh, to our previous shows. This is about Lee's talking, local talking newspaper from uh, April. And at Dave Morris, this was uh, El Musso with a correction Dave Morris, to correct your comment on the community news, uh, something in is Cl- a lang- Clitheroe. Clitheroe. Good Lord. Cl- Cl- How do you get Clitheroe from that? C-L-I-T-H would be Clith. E-R is er, and O-E is O. Clitheroe. You smarmy git. You just look at you're in Scotland and not getting a slap about the face. Clitheroe. Is also a word C L I, fly, the, the, row. How row. many Tide words do you know that begin C L I T H that is pronounced Clyde? As as I refer Dave to my me asking my English teacher one time. So how many verbs in the English language are irregular? Oh, about half of them. Well, then they're not really irregular, are they? <laughs> Semi-regular, really, I guess. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, know, language, language is crap. No, I mean, it's really difficult well, stuff. It's quite, I mean, quite entertaining and amusing and stuff. But anyway, yeah, so I no, that's back. why you got a uh, battling English episode. So, come on, <laughs> yeah. hurry up! We have another show to record. Uh-huh. Um, so I said back to El Masor, thank you for the correction. I'm embarrassed to admit to admit that I was a student in Manchester for about five years and then worked at Lancashire University another five, so both in Lancashire for the benefit of the non-English and wasn't sure about the location of Clitheroe. Not a mistake I'll make again. Excellent. Uh, On Freedom of Speech in Open Source Part 2 by some guy on the internet, Kevin O'Brien says open source versus free software. And... Kevin says, I think it can be useful to distinguish between open source and free software when you address this issue. Free software respects the four freedoms as published by the Free Software Foundation. And one thing I recall being discussed there is the idea uh, that you can't stop certain users, such as the military, from using free software. The GPL specifies the only requirement for legally using free software and any user who respects those freedoms is legally licensed to use the software. So, um, some guy on the internet 
says the freedom to advertise. Kevin O'Brien, thank you for your reply. I agree. Open source and freedom respecting software is usually a joint effort, but in this argument we can use more perspective. The open source is only one element, but the free nature of the software and its community must be considered when discussing the actions of community and the usage of its software. If companies in the US are considered people, respect and follow the full freedoms, then they too should be able to promote their versions of the software. Or do you disagree? And Kevin says, I'm pretty basic on this. If they follow the four freedoms, it's free software. If they include advertising, then someone else can fork it and remove the advertising. All perfectly legal. Yeah, no argument here. No, no. Well put. Yeah, so we've had comments. Let's see what was on the May thread that made it so busy. Uh, Policy changes discussed on this month's community news, uh, which was during last month's episode, David and I some policy changes, tags, modification of a tag is an ongoing process so it can be modified, host name or handle series. Uh, shall we cover this on Wednesday as well? Yeah, we could do that, yeah. Yeah, okay. We're going to cover uh, some of these because they're uh, they go to basically relate to um uh, what is and isn't what causes problems for the HPR project when you post a show. Okay, and we want to keep the community news relatively lighthearted. Okay, so anything else, Dave? Any other business? All the shows in the archive. Talk to us about that. Yes, 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 yes. It took me a while to find the tab and go back to it. <laughs> ah, my brain is so slow these days. Right, so... Um, Last episode, last community news episode, I was talking about re-uploading various shows in a range from A712429 and talked about it in the show that came out in early May. And um, so I'm just sort of making progress with this. And um, what I've done in the past month is 271 re-uploads leaving i'm trying to do five a day if i can a little thing that pops up and says oi do them and um and then there's 1288 yet to do so i actually did 231 last month so i don't know why i need to tell you this but i just started writing a list of statistics (laughs) so yeah yep 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 so we're we're slowly inching towards we're also using up more disk space as a consequence because we're making transcoded copies of all of the uh, the audio so that every show you go to eventually on the internet archive will have all its different versions if you happen to like the opus version you can find it there with the tags etc etc that was the point of the exercise Yeah. yeah they do transcode the shows if we don't but what they don't do is copy the tags over so mm. that's why we trans do the transcoding for them. Indeed, so yep. Yeah, just as a background to that, you might you might be wondering why we're bothering this. And since we've done the um, the change in the workflow, I haven't gotten rid of the shows from the hard disk because uh, I wanted to make sure <laughs> nothing got broken in the process. So now I've uh, I've updated the script to tidy that out. There's a little bit of 
Um, there's a little bit of coordination that Dave and I needed to do to make sure we didn't lose anything during that mm-hmm. process. Mm-hmm. Yep, but we pretty much got that in hand now, I think. So, uh, yeah, cool. Good. Oh, and the other thing I wanted to say <laughs> was that finally, the Free Culture Podcasts website, the HTTPS thing has been fixed finally. So, if you're feel free to recommend the Free Culture Podcasts.org and we will accept anything. Uh, that's free culture podcasts and who are not embarrassed about having us talk to them by us. I mean, Dave about the quality of their XML feeds. So <laughs> yeah, yes, indeed. Looking forward to it. Yep. Super. Okay. That's it. And uh, see you on Wednesday for the next show and tune in tomorrow for another exciting episode of hacker public radio. radio. By the way, we need shows, people, so record shows, send them in. Thank you. Bye. You have been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. Today's show was contributed by a HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hosting for HBR has been kindly provided by anhonesthost.com the Internet Archive, and rsync.net. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution 4.0 International License.